0: Perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back.
0: Yippee. would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone! Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games! Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woohoo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes, drive around! Have you had your
1: high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino, no purchase necessary, void were
0: prohibited, play responsibly, conditions apply, see website for details.
1: High Five Casino! <laughs>
0: All right, you are now listening to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. This is a I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast with a fantasy football follies. It's an I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast fantasy football follies. That's right, Tommy Guns, the Gunner, is back later in the show to break down week two all things fantasy football and daily fantasy football the fantasy footballs are here have no fear i am not talking donald trump but i am introducing the dumb fuck brothers and i have some disturbing sick fucks of the week on a brand new i am rapaport stereo podcast tied in with the fantasy football follies miles jordan uh yeah let me get something funky Listen, people ask me for advice all the time, okay? I give my best advice, okay? But the truth is, you never know if you're going to win or you lose, okay? But if you're going to play, you got to play at my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell my people, bet at my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season they've been in business for years they've got great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use i would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me and that i use myself that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my book you win they pay you win they pay there's no nonsense they have in-game live betting over unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business my bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional 25 bucks to play for free on deposits over $100. $25 bucks of free play on deposits over $100. Bucks go to mybookie.ag now use the promo code Rappaport 25 because you get 25 free bucks to activate the offer Rappaport 25 r-a-p-a-p-o-r-t the number two the number five it's up to you guys okay but i'd wait till after dinner and take the extra money you play you win you get paid at my bookie All right, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Jake Lamana of podcasting, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka White Mike. I'm rocking solo on that ass. It's been a crazy week. I've been crazy busy. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. It's something to do with his daughter tonight. So I'm rocking solo on that ass. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. We'll be back next week. This is the I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And I told you. Later on in the show, Tommy Guns, Tommy DFS, Tommy Nuclear is with me to talk week two in fantasy football, daily fantasy football, we're talking some season fantasy football, we're talking some Le'Veon Bell, but we have the money over here, we have the winning ways over here, okay, because if you're not winning, huh, yeah, we're not winning at the fantasy football follies, but let's get into this. I've had a busy week, a busy, busy week in Nueva Yorka. that's Spanish for New York. I'm Mr. New York. Of course, I'm bilingual. Crazy things going on here. Um, Did the Colbert show the other day. Uh, This fucking guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He took the whole show over. I mean, he's great. You know, the uh, physicist, chemist, uh, space guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, Listen, I'm a fan, sort of, but enough is enough. How many times are we going to talk about Pluto and the space shuttle? Okay, Neil deGrasse I don't know what you're talking about, like weather satellites and uh, I don't know when it's going to rain. I'm sitting on the fucking sidelines at the Colbert show. This guy's going on and on and on. You're fucking up my segment. Neil deGrasse Tyson. I like you, but Jesus Christ. I mean, you're a kind of a one trick pony. You know what I mean? Apparently he's a good friend with Colbert. They really, uh, they put the clamps on my segment, but I did the damn thing. You can check out that segment online. Stephen Colbert. Of course, I wanted to talk Dick Stain, Donald Trump. But my segment was so short, we didn't get to talk Dick Stain, Donald Trump. I said I'm not talking Trump this episode. Later on in the show, though, I will be introducing the Dumbfuck Brothers. Um, what else did I do? I did uh, Serious XM with my man Sway. Uh, talked a lot of hip-hop with Sway and my girl, Heather B. Um, you know, all things Eminem, all things that's going on, the good, the bad. And the Glorious in hip-hop. Talk some more Big Daddy Kane. It's Big Daddy Kane's 50th birthday week. Uh, Did Andy Cohen radio. Did Watch What Happens Live. Busy, 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 busy. But I can't complain, but I do. I cannot complain, but I I do. What would I have without complaining? Of course I can't complain. I'm too blessed to be fucking stressed. But I'm busy. I'm a shit-talking machine. They just they just turn the lights on. I see that red light, whether it's a recorder or an actual camera, and I just go. I go, go, go. been promoting uh, atypical season two. Um, all the listeners of the show that have been tweeting and DMing me uh, that have watched atypical season two on Netflix. I really appreciate it. I try to get back to everybody. Sometimes it gets overwhelming. Um, please keep sending in your thoughts, uh, your opinions, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, hit me up. Hit the rest of the cast up. Uh, I'm really proud of the show, and it is streaming on Netflix now, season two. ay, 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 ay. What a fucking wacky week, man. What a fucking wacky week. So breaking the norm of the news cycle... Of The United States Tennis Association, they're still in an uproar uh, over the Serena Williams U.S. Open, uh, Naomi Osaka Finals, which we've talked about, and I want to give a shout out to, uh, who was it? Somebody complimented me the way I broke that down. Somebody in the tennis world said, you know, I listened to all the opinions, and I had my own opinions, but you did a really good job. Of course they did a fucking really good job. Of course they did a really good job. You think I'm talking out of the side of my ass? No. Um, but now the referees who've been uh, under fire all week are threatening to no longer boy, uh, uh, referee Serena Williams matches. Uh, listen, you're going to get the fuck out there and you're going to referee whatever matches we tell you to do, okay, assholes, or you're going to get fired. You're not going to, she's the, you fucked up the refs. Listen, I'm not going to keep going into this. You're threatening uh, to no longer uh, uh, work her matches. Okay, fucko, next man up. All right? It ain't a problem. Next man up. You're going to get out there. You're going to referee the matches. You fucked up. You took away a game in the final match. You shouldn't have done that. No matter what she was saying, you should have given her at least three warnings, and now you're complaining because you're under fire. So what? So be it. Deal with it been following this story for a long time the gentleman British who uh, lost his loaf and he is the first man to receive a bionic dick Uh, he received the bionic dick he had uh, uh, many many surgeries finally he had the 10-hour procedure in June which we documented uh, play by play beat by beat Um, Then he spent 10 days with a painful hard-on and was forced to wait another six weeks before checking out his bionic loaf. Well, lo and behold, the bionic loaf works. Andrew Wardell and his girlfriend, Fedra, they tested out the goods And apparently this guy's fuck style is buck wild. He's got a bionic dick. Apparently it's big and burly and bionic. It works like a charm. She's happy. He's happy. I mean, he's just learning how to work that puppy. Uh, That's like getting a Ferrari. You can't just get the Ferrari and get on uh, 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 the highway in the middle of the night. You got to go slow. You got a bionic dick. You're one of the first people in the world to ever get a bionic dick. You can't go nuts. But he lost his virginity, and God bless him. God bless his girlfriend. She's an attractive woman. He's a, a, an attractive, regular-looking guy. It's not like a, there's some sort of a stereotype on a guy with a bionic dick. Okay, You would never pick this guy out of a lineup. But let me tell you something. Do not be surprised if my man winds up in a no-no. A porno. Can you imagine that? He could take on the world. Andrew Wardell and his bionic dick in a lyrical gangbang. He just knocking down chicks left and right. Boom, 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 boom. It's like a fucking monster movie. But I want to give a shout out to him and his bionic loaf. Congratulations. Congratulations uh, to the doctors. Uh, You know, this is nothing uh, to make fun of. We're only making light of it. Because uh, it works. It works. He's the $6 million dick. He's got a $6 million dick, a bionic loaf. So congratulations uh, to this guy uh, for, uh, you know, making it through all the the, the hurdles and the hard knocks. (laughs) Pun intended uh, of what he's went through. And now he seems to be on the other side of it. This kid, Post Malone, this rapper. I don't want to be anywhere near this fucking guy. In uh, the last three weeks, he was a part of an emergency landing on a private jet. Then, then he crashed his Rolls Royce. Of course, if you're a face tattooed rapper with, uh, you know, questionable skills, you have to have a Rolls Royce. He crashes Rolls Royce. And now his old home was burglarized. And the burglars came in there looking for this fucking guy. I don't know if he's got bad luck. He seems like a nice guy. His music is fine. Uh, His his face tattoos are uh, a monstrosity. But he seems like a good guy. Um, uh, But I don't want to be near this guy. That is bad luck. This all happened in the last three weeks. What are you doing out there, Post Malone? Okay? You need to go to Hawaii and explore some caves and go into some, I don't know, hot tubs and get some sage rubbed on you because you got bad fucking luck. Duke. Podcast. I'm going to need some help uh, from the fans, uh, the listeners, the rapper pack. anybody who uh, is out there listening to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I am going to need, uh, I'm, I'm asking for some help here because uh, I, I could see what's going to happen. Um, Apple just announced that they are releasing new phones, New watches. I have no interest in the watch. I, I got one of those Apple watches. And I just, I'm not a watch guy. It's not the 90s. I stopped wearing a watch. You know what I mean? Uh, once I had a kid, I stopped wearing a watch. I have my, my, my face in my phone uh, all day. If I can't tell time from looking at the phone, uh, uh, then I don't deserve uh, to even know the time. Um, but they're releasing a watch with like a, a heart monitor. And it has some sort of EKG thing, which it'll tell you. Uh, on your watch when you're having a heart attack, which I find that disrespectful. I don't know if that's some sort of joke uh, because if you're having a heart attack, the last place that you want to go or I think you would need to verify it is your watch. Like what if you, you know, happen to be getting texted and you're like, oh, I mean, come on. A watch that tells you you're having a heart attack. I, I God forbid, God forbid, knock on wood that ever happens to uh, me uh, any of my loved ones or any of the people out there, I just feel like call 911. Don't fucking, the oh, your watch is telling I know I'm having a heart attack. I don't need Steve Jobs telling me I'm having a heart attack. Uh, but they're, re, they're releasing a phone, and, and what I'm asking for help here is, if you hear me start talking about getting the $1,500 iPhone, please ridicule me. Please. All of the most loyal fans, all the uh, the people that support me, if you hear me talking about getting that $1,500 phone, go at me um, because I don't want to get it, but I am one of those dumbasses who likes new things. Um, although they are getting rid of the the jack where you put your headphones. Remember they changed the jack where you put your headphones. Now you got that little attachment thing. Now the attachment thing, which apparently was the uh, most sold Apple product in the last two years. That's a fact. That little adapter, they're getting rid of it completely. So your headphones can only be Bluetooth. I don't know how you're going to charge the phones. I don't like those charges where you have to put your phone down because of course, when you're charging your phone, a lot of times you're still using it and you can't charge your phone on one of those thingies, hey, whatever. It's making it too complicated and it's just a money grab. I don't know where the adapter's going. Um, but I, I have said it, uh, on the podcast right now, I don't want to buy the $1,500 phone, but I can see myself buying that $1,500 phone. I could see myself trading in the phone I have, which works perfectly fine, although it was a piece of dog shit when I first got it. I finally got that puppy working. I finally got screen recording working. I figured out how to do that. And now, after all that, after all the returns, after all the problems, they're releasing another phone. They do this to take assholes like myself... And just drain them. So if you hear me talking shit, yo, I'm about to get the $1,500 black on black phone, please DM me, ridicule me, shame game me, do whatever you need to do. I don't want to get it, but I could see it happening. $1,500 for a phone. It's probably, whatever, man. It's like the pictures are more clearer. How much clearer? Can the pictures be? I don't want any pictures of myself to be that clear. I don't want to see the pores inside the pores and the whiteheads and the blackheads in my face. I don't want like, you know, uh, uh, you know red beam. You know, you could shoot you in complete darkness and it looks like the middle of the day. I'm good. If I want a picture of myself in the middle of the day, I'll take one. They got like lazy, just whatever. I don't need it. I don't want it. But I could see it happening. I am Rappaport Podcast. Told you I wasn't talking about Dick Stein, Donald Trump, but I am going to talk about the dumb fuck brothers who are Dick Stein, Donald Trump Jr., a.k.a. Junior Dick Stein, and his goofy, ginormous, tooth brother, Eric. Junior Dick Stein, And Big Tooth Eric, a.k.a. the Dumb Fuck Brothers. I don't like you. You two look like you ran a fraternity. I don't like your type. You're spoiled little fucks. You talk a lot of shit on Twitter. You're fiercely loyal to your father, Dickstein uh, Donald Trump Sr. I get it. Are you fiercely loyal to your mom? The same mom that Dick stain Donald Trump, cheated on endlessly in public. The dumb fuck brothers, Don Jr., and Big Tooth Eric, these are the older brothers of Melania and Donald's youngest son, Baron, who I will never talk about until he turns about 21. Then I'll get him. Um, imagine those two fucks as your older brothers. And they're like in their 30s. You're like 12. They, they, they look like grown-ups. They're not like real older brothers. It's like some weird thing. He, he's like a, like a like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old. And then you got these two freaks, uh, Eric, with his big, ginormous fucking teeth. I mean, those things, they, yo, Eric Trump's teeth are comparable. And I hate to say this because it's one of the only things he's got going but those teeth are comparable to Gary Delabonte, a.k.a. Baba Booey's teeth. That's, that's a fact. They're, they're big, but they're straight. One of the beautiful things, uh, the humorous things about Baba Booey's teeth is that they have a curve to them. I don't know if you've ever noticed they have a curve. Uh, Eric Trump teeth, they're just, they're just tall and big. File them down. That piece of shit, Eric Trump, said this week that Bob Woodard, the Pulitzer Prize writer who just wrote a best-selling book about their father, Dick Stein Donald Trump Sr. He'll be referred to as senior tonight because, of course, we introduced Dick Stein Donald Trump Jr., a.k.a. Dick Stein, Jr. Follow me here. Um, Bob Woodard, who is, in fact, Jewish, has been doing press for his book, it's now a bestseller, it broke some 93-year-old record of sales by a publisher or something like that, congratulations on your book. By the way, I have a book. I don't mean to segue here, and I'll come back to the Dumbfuck Brothers. Uh, this book has balls, sports rants from the MVP of talking Trash. Uh, I have a book. Uh, uh, that book is available now on paperback, audiobook, book. Uh, and of course, if you want the vintage hardcover, there's probably a couple of copies of that out there. Uh, at thisbookhasballs.com, Amazon, anywhere you buy books. This book has balls sports rants from the MVP of talking Trash. You wanna know why Lawrence Taylor is the greatest football player ever? You wanna hear about when I fell in love with Mary Lou Retton? You wanna hear about why Richard Williams is the real MVP despite the fact That Venus and Serena kicked all the ass. You want to hear about the time I met Muhammad Ali and so on and so on and so on and so on. It's all in this book has ball sports rents from the MVP of Talker Trash. Back to the dumb fuck brothers. Eric Trump, who's from New York, said that Bob Woodard wrote his book and appeared on CNN to make a few shekels. I know what that means, Eric Trump. That's a Jew joke, right? You made a Jew joke. You probably wind up uh, apologizing and saying you didn't realize. You realized it. I'm Jewish. I haven't said shekels in about 18 months. Okay? It's a derogatory term, like, oh, cheap Jews and all that. Oh, he just, yeah, he, first of all, he wrote the book to tell the truth about Deviant Donald, the draft dodger. And if he's making money off it, great. What the fuck do you do to make money, Eric Trump? You should be a fucking toothpaste model with those big chompers. Those fake, white, ginormous tree trunk teeth of yours. shekels. You know what the fuck you meant. That's a Jew joke, you cocksucker, you. You can pull a fast one over on this hook-nosed Jew. I demand an apology right now, you fuck. Even Jews don't use the term shekels, Huh? And your brother... Dickstain Jr. going after Kathy Griffin, harassing her online. You guys are punks. Dick Stane Jr., why do you walk around like you have golf balls smuggled up your ass? Why? Do you have golf balls smuggled up your little balloon nut? You sachet, you don't walk. Put a little stomp in it. Why are you tiptoeing? What are you hiding up there? The dumb fuck brothers. Shekels. You Ain't fooling anybody. You ain't fooling this Jew. Huh? You Ain't fooling this Jaime from Jaime Town, you fuck. Watch yourself. The really bad thing about Dick Stane, Donald Trump being president is that dumb fucks like Eric and Dick Stane Jr., They've already thought, well shit, 2030, 2032 is right around the corner. Dad'll be gone. They'll be missing Trumps. Maybe I'll give it a shot. That I guarantee you, Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., aka Dick Stain Jr., is already thinking, yo, 10, 16 years from now, I'm gonna run for president. Dad did it. Anybody could do it. Poor Baron. Poor fucking Baron. You're the example. The two lion tamers. The two guys that go to Africa to kill lions and elephants. Real tough guys. Fuck out of here. The dumb fuck brothers. I am Rappaport Podcast. I told you I had some sick fucks of the week. And before I get into that, because, uh, uh, you know, sick fucks, as you know, have a certain je ne sais quoi. Um, but you remember Elizabeth Smart, the woman who was kidnapped in Utah? Um, she was held uh, captive for 16 years, I believe. Um, you know, the, the, this, this man uh, called himself a prophet. Uh, they, 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 you know, abused her and, and, and horrible, terrible, terrible, terrible things. And it was a woman, too. It was a man and a woman. Well, the woman who uh, uh, helped kidnap Elizabeth Smart, who's been doing great things with her life, turned her life around. She's a philanthropist. Uh, She's been, you know, speaking out very open about what she went through and crazy. Can't even imagine how you deal with something like that. The woman, Wanda Eileen Barzi. 100% pure, evil, sick fuck. Doesn't get the sick fuck of the week award. And her husband, that piece of shit, Brian Mitchell, who's got all kinds, he's never getting out of jail. The woman, for some reason, after 15 years of being in jail, is being set free. She's she's being released from jail. I, I don't understand... And Elizabeth Smart said she, she doesn't understand how this has happened. She's confused by how this is happening. I don't get how you could do something so unforgivable, kidnap a little girl, keep her captive for year after year after year, abuse her endlessly. And then there's any, there's any parole. How is there any parole for this piece of shit? But this Tuesday, the Utah board of pardons and parole, announced that they had reserved, reversed an earlier decision about her sentence. She uh, was declined uh, parole earlier, but she's getting out shortly. I, I just, I just don't understand uh, how this could happen. Um, I feel like this is, there's, there's, this they're not going to be the end of this story. Um, but could you imagine what Elizabeth Smart? her family, she now has kids, she has a husband, her parents, how they must feel that this woman is in jail for 15 years. There's people that are doing life for drug possession. Granted, it might be three strikes, but there's people that are doing life in prison for trying to sell drugs, conspiracy to sell drugs. This woman tried to ruin someone's life, tried to kidnap a girl and keep her for the rest of her life. And is somehow getting out of jail after 15 years? Not okay. Totally unacceptable. The judge, I don't know her name, she's a sick fuck. Of course, Wanda and her husband, Brian, are total sick fucks. They deserve to be locked up forever, ever, ever. Shout out to Outcast, Which is a perfect segue into the Sick Fuck of the Week segments. <laughs> This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? You fuck the dog? Well, why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The Sick Fuck of the Week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 No This is the award winning sick fuck of the week theme song uh, This is the award winning sick fuck of the week segment This is an award that is given to a certain person with a certain kind of je ne sais quoi. It is earned not given earned not given not anybody will get this award again it goes to a certain type with a kind of je ne sais quoi. A Texas man who looks like a sick fuck, Christopher Lee Tavkar, looks like the prototype sick fucks, got crazy eyes, no lips, and a neck tattoo. He's facing charges of second-degree murder in the death of his longtime friend, Robin Lee Upson. He's a 62-year-old woman. This sick fuck admitted to dismembering his longtime friends they were friends up for 20 years. I don't know what the hell kind of beef could happen. What kind of what kind of argument? No money is that important? They were longtime friends. he's 43. she's 62. He dismembered her, chopped up her remains they were found by a hiker last June. Just kill her. Like a normal person, like a normal sick fuck. No, no, you didn't want to do that. You had to chop her up and dismember her. Of course, I'm kidding by saying just kill her. I don't condone any of that. Take that back. Take that back. He admitted to detectives that he stole her van, killed her, but said it was in self-defense after she attacked him. Well, if it was in uh, self-defense, why'd you dismember her? And now, uh, why'd you use the chainsaw later on? Sick fuck of the week, classic, classic sick fuck of the week. A man from Massachusetts was arrested Sunday after he killed his dog by burying it alive. You piece of shit. You sick fuck. You Boston sick fuck. Richard procured, killed his shih tzu Named Chico. Shout out to Chico. Because it didn't get along with his cat. And he buried it alive. The police that found it said, I've never seen anything like it in 45 years. We have all forms of animal cruelty. But burying something alive is beyond the reach. He had the dog for 18 months. His former girlfriend couldn't keep it. There's no excuses. You're a sick fuck. And now yeah, you're on the sick fuck of the week segment. Congratulations, lunatic. In Washington, Kenwick Washington, a homeless man, claims that his violent sexual assault of an animal was methamphetamine-fueled. He's blaming the meth, a.k.a. the bath salts. The man is having sex with a beaver. That's right. The man was having sex with a beaver that was actually injured. The beaver was on the side of the road injured. This sick fuck saw the injured beaver and instead of helping it, instead of calling for help and rescuing it, he fucked it. He's now blaming the methamphetamine. Sorry, sucker. Lock him up. You had sex with an injured beaver. You didn't just have sex with a beaver. You had sex With an injured beaver that couldn't even defend itself. Florida. That's right. Florida man was attacked by an alligator. He went into a uh, little river ravine. Um, There was a uh, famous alligator named Fat Daddy. Um, Fat Daddy attacked him. Uh, This is by a golf course. Uh, The victim, Richard Peel, was retrieving his golf disc... Whatever that is. I don't know what a golf disc is. I don't play golf. Uh, He was removing his golf disc from the pond. And the gator did what the gator's supposed to do. It bit his ass. Bit him up. Didn't kill him. But this iconic alligator Fat Daddy was then pulled out of the ravine, out of the swamp, and is now being put down. And they are saying the reason why they're putting down this gator is because after a alligator attacks a person, there are no longer fear people. He he shouldn't fear people. He's an alligator. People should fear the alligators. People should be afraid to go in a swamp knowing that there's a 10-foot alligator named Fat Daddy. The gator did what the gator was supposed to do. Gator did what gator does. Bit his ass. Now they got to kill the Gator. You're the sick fuck asshole for going in there. Shame on you. The blood of Fat Daddy is on your hands. You sleep at night knowing that you had Fat Daddy euthanized. Shout out to Fat Daddy. Uh, This has been all over the news in New York. A 31-year-old animal abuser who brutally tossed a cat out of a window, then went downstairs and stomped the cat to death in front of kids in Queens, New York. Queens is in the house. This sick fuck tossed the cat out of the window, went downstairs and stomped it in broad daylight. He was in court in Queens this week. After he was being sentenced, he mooned the photographers, the paparazzi out there. He showed no remorse. He's been sentenced. He complained that the last time he was incarcerated, he ended up in the hospital with four seizures because your medication wasn't given to you. Who gives a shit? Who cares? You're obviously a sick fuck. You are obviously a sick fuck. He's been locked up for 10 months, 10 month sentence. And I'm going to tell you something, Ellis Kaplan, you sick fuck you. Uh, There's people in jail that love cats. I'm not one of them. I don't love cats. But you, you, hopefully, hopefully will be uh, in a prison with some people that love cats. And they're going to hear about what you did. This guy's name is Giovanni Olivio. Sorry, Giovanni Olivio. Hopefully, your cellmate will be a cat lover just like my mom. And you, my friend, will be getting the Wonder Bread bag and catnip treatment. No, you're not getting olive oil. We can give you a little catnip to sniff on. Make sure everything's real nice. Make sure everything is, uh, how do you say, a uh, 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 real proper. Finally, in New York City, again, New York, out in Queens. A retired cop and his wife were charged, arrested with running a whorehouse. They call it a brothel. Let's call it what it is. It's a whorehouse, a betting ring with help from other NYPD friends. The retired detective used what he learned on the job for nearly a decade on the vice squad to launch his own $2 million a year prostitution and gambling ring. In Queens, Brooklyn, and Strong Island, shout out to De La Soul, shout out to Rakim. He was in the vice for the last part of his years. He knows the system. He abused it. You're getting locked up. Your wife is getting locked up. Ludwood Paz, you're running a whorehouse? No. No, you're going to prison. You're a sick fuck of the week. I am Rappaport Podcast. All right, listen. Have no fear. The fantasy football follies are here. Have no fear, the fantasy football follies are here coming up next. If you ain't winning, we ain't winning. The fantasy football follies. I am the Gringo Mandingo, senior fantasy football analyst of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, special guest. Scott doesn't play games. He's a pro, he's what you call a ringer. Tommy Guns, Tommy G. All right? Just launched a podcast, but he's here with us. The Fantasy Football Follies. We're winning over here week two. Tommy G, Fantasy Football Follies, coming up next. All right, it is week two of the football season, which means you have a second shot at victory. Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs all season long at DraftKings. The leader in one-week fantasy sports, this week, DraftKings has over $2 million in total prizes, and you can play for free with your first deposit to compete for your share with one-week Fantasy at DraftKings. You choose when to play, you choose who to play. Draft a new team every week. There's no season long commitments. At DraftKings, you are the GM, you are the owner. Just choose your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill is. No matter what your skill level is, there is a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So, if you've been thinking about playing one-week fantasy football, now is the time to play. You could win your stake in over $2 million in cash prizes. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com now. Use the promo code RAPPAPORT to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over 2 million dollars in total prizes two million dollars minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility and restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details all right we are back the fantasy football follies with tommy g aka the gunner, and me, executive senior fantasy football analyst, the gringo man, Dingo, a.k.a. Michael Rappaport. We are back. Fantasy football. The NFL is underway. The fantasy football follies are here. I am here with the gunman, Tommy fucking G. Tommy G in the place to be. How you feeling?
1: What the fuck is up, right? We can curse this year. We can we curse. No
0: yeah, we go go nuts. I mean, you know, we when we go nuclear, we can go fucking nuclear.
1: Nah, I'm so excited to curse. I felt, I felt like
0: I was fucking handcuffed last year. This is great. Um, how you listen, the season's underway. Week 1 is in the books. Let me just ask you this. As a senior fantasy football analyst, and and you as as a professional. And let, let me remind people, okay, and new listeners, last season was extremely productive for our listeners. And the gunner, Tommy G, came in seventh place at the DraftKings World Championships, amongst other things. Okay? So if we're not winning, you're not winning. And the motto, the slogan of the show is, we're winning winning over here. here. Okay? We pride ourselves in the fact that if you're not winning, we're not winning. Okay? So Tommy G... Here's my first question to you. Everybody has all these thoughts. Everybody has all these analytics. Everybody has all these predictions. Obviously, it's only week one, but what did you learn? What should we have taken away from the week one? And after all the hype, hysteria of draft August, the month of August, which is just like draft, scared, fear, questions, answers. Did you learn anything that... Turned out to be bullshit, and did you learn anything that you go, I knew this was true after one week?
1: I mean, I felt I was really, really prepared coming into this year. You know, like, like you said, uh, ended last year really strong. It's always a tough transition for me going from baseball to football, right? We've talked about that a lot because I do every sport.
0: Right, it's tough so, for you. I'm like, guns, I need fucking right. drink. You're like, you're, you haven't even picked up any analytics. I am deep in it. I, I start like the last week of July, you laughed me at, off the text.
1: And that was the thing. For the last three years, that's what I've been doing. And that's why you saw the end of last year. You know, I hit the king of the beach seat in the middle of the season. I won 200 grand in DraftKings, the live final at the end of the season. I got better as the year went on. Right. Because I I wasn't locked in early. This year, what I did at Guru Elite is I stopped doing baseball content over a month ago. So this year, I feel so fucking locked in. It's insane. I've been studying football nonstop putting out draft guides for our subscribers, you know, I, I week one, I felt like it was week 10. So okay. nothing's really shocking me too much. I, I feel like I was on a lot of stuff. I scored over 200 on both my lineups on DraftKings Kings last week, made a bunch of money, felt really good about everything. Subscribers made a ton of money. So I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm a little surprised at how good a lot of these young quarterbacks are doing. Yeah, Um, that's very surprising because they're not just doing well in the preseason, but it's correlating a little bit to the games. And, you know, guys like Darnold and them, Mahomes, they look sharp. Uh, One of the things I did predict was that we're going to see Fournette being injured all year. Yeah, that already happened. Week one, that's preseason predicted. McKinnon was a guy not to roster in seasonal. He's going to get hurt. He's already hurt. But the big thing for me is that they didn't play in the preseason. Most of these guys. So I think these these injuries that we're seeing early on, a lot of them. You know, even guys that are playing, you look at the whole Texans offense is banged up. David Johnson with a back. You saw a bunch of guys go down with injuries. Olsen, Delaney, Walker, you know, some of these season ending. I think this is going to be a theme early on where because these guys didn't get burned in the preseason, I don't know if they're really in full football shape yet.
0: Mm. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I hate when these guys go down. Uh, um, Leonard, I love the way he plays, but there's a price that comes with it with being a banger like him. He's like an old yeah. school banger. I feel like
1: he's. I made an analogy. I feel like he's the Anthony Davis of football now. Ugh. Like it seems like he's he's one of the best players in the world. But like every other game, he's in the locker room, you know, in the second quarter, you know, and, and you're just like, if this guy could just stay healthy, he's the Anthony Davis of football right now.
0: Um, you just started your podcast, No Mercy, with Tommy G. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you, you had to get in the game. You had to you had to put both feet uh in the pool and jump in head first. I want people to listen to it. It's unfiltered. It's the information on top of the information on top of the information, or as we like to call it, the special sauce. (laughs) The special sauce. (laughs) Are you enjoying doing it?
1: Oh, man. I I don't know what took me so long. You've been up my ass for over a year since I left Sirius. Like, just just do it. Just dive in and start your podcast and just start putting it out and and just while out. And uh, I started it uh, three days ago. Uh, we did like a look back at week one and a little DFS tips and that. So it's no mercy. Uh, it's on iTunes and all that. That went great. We moved up to number eight in the sports category. And then today we just dropped, or as the time they're hearing this, yesterday, on Thursday, we just dropped a gambling podcast with me and Rob. And what so do we're you gonna do be with that on it up. that?
0: Is it all sport? Like, what is it? And is, is it everything? I mean, it's,
1: it's raunchy as hell, Rap. Like, raunchy, like anal stuff and uh-huh. like 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 raunchy now man. you say like a it's...
0: gambling thing and then you're saying there's anal stuff how do, the, yeah, how do these it, things... I mix it in so how, what we how do does is that do do about... happen you were talking if about we like the, about... the spread on a game <laughs> and then you're talking about the spread in the ass like what are you talking about here
1: <laughs> uh, the way I do it just because I feel like when you listen to the same shit even if it's good shit straight through it just turns into white noise right by like the 45th minute you're just hearing players names and stats and statistics so the way I'm formatting it is we're doing about 10-15 minutes of content which is like hard-hitting analytical content and stuff for gambling and for fantasy. And then I'm doing about five to ten minutes of crazy Twitter questions Uh, and then back to the analytics. So it kind of goes back and forth to kind of keep the listeners on their toes. I got you. It's been been pretty – we got pretty weird the last two episodes.
0: All right. All right. Well, I love the first episode, and everybody should check out No Mercy with Tommy G, a.k.a. The Gunner, a.k.a. Tommy Guns. All right. Guns, it's week two. Let's get into it. It's going to be, I, I think this is going to be my prediction is that this is going to be the highest scoring collective NFL season ever because of the rule changes, because there's so many six foot four, lightning fast wide receivers. Um, and one of the games that I think is going to be a shootout this weekend uh, up first, I want your take on it. The Chiefs at the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben at home is always a good play. Le'Veon Bell is out. James Conner uh, is in. Is he the real deal? Kareem of the crop. Does Andy Reid hate Kareem Hunt? <laughs> I, because, I have a theory on this. Okay, uh Tyreek the Freak was unbelievable last uh last week. I mean he was ridiculous. Incredible. Um Juju, what do you got for me in this game?
1: So, so the thing about Kareem Hunt, okay? There's two guys that I said to avoid in seasonal drafts, and it was Kareem Hunt and Fournette. Funny thing is I did a 14-team league with Ty Dillon and you know a bunch of the NASCAR drivers, and T- Kareem Hunt fell to me at 12, and Fournette fell to me at 17. So I started my team with those two. So obviously week one I lost. But Andy Reid, uh, Jeff Manns talked about this on our No Mercy pod the other day. Andy Reid was one of the forefront, like one of the founding fathers of the analytics, right? He was one of the first people to build an analytics department uh, and the team in Minnesota's adopted it. Philly's adopted it. A lot of these teams have adopted it. When they've run the analytics, they've found that running inside the five is actually not as effective as throwing inside the five. So when you're watching these games and you're wondering why the fuck are they not giving the ball to Kareem Hunt at the two, it's because that that's what their numbers are telling them. So I don't think that's going to stop. I think that's going to be a theme going forward. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays. We've seen three different people call plays for this team, and Kareem Hunt still gets fucking lost all the time. So I think you're going to be frustrated all year. He's going to have a solid season when all's said and done. But week to week, you're going to watch full quarters of the game where you're just like, where the hell is Kareem Hunt? So uh, I think that's a thing that we're going to unfortunately have to deal with all year, Rap. Jesus, man. Yeah, it's it sucks. But, I mean, we're, we're going to have to deal with that. Tyreek Hill, um, I do love every week. Uh, regardless of matchup, I loved him last week because he won me a bunch of money. But I think this whole Kansas City offense is tied to Mahomes uh, to Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. where he's going to drag Mahomes. Mahomes has not had much success at all throwing to anyone but Tyreek Hill this year, mm. and that's including the preseason. In the preseason, I think he connected with Tyreek Hill like on 14 of 14 attempts, and so far it's like I forget. Let me see. I wrote the number down here somewhere. I think like 21 of 24 targets he's connected. With Tyreek Hill. So him and Hill are locked the fuck in. But the other guys aren't seeing the ball. Travis Kelsey was one for six. Uh, The other secondary receivers weren't doing anything. We didn't see much of the backs out of the backfield. Got to remember, he's not going to be much of a check down quarterback. He's going to be a guy who's going to probably scramble for a few yards before he checks down to a running back. So, Mm. I mean, on Kansas City, until I see otherwise, I think Travis Kelsey could end up like number seven tight end this year, even with the injuries. But
0: I'm really worried about everyone really worried about everyone do you have him on a lot of teams kelsey i uh, know i didn't pick him on any and and i didn't either you know there was just a sort of vibe energy that i got from that week 1 along with kareem hunt that i think like you know he'll have his games um but i don't think it's going to be this every week you know beast out travis kels uh thing no. that he could be if it was a different offense or or a different team um yeah.
1: It's it's going to be it's going to be a lot more three for 30s. You're still going to get those eight for one twenties on occasion, but it's going to be a lot more three for 30s with Kelsey. Um, So so KC this week, you know, it's going to be a shootout. I love Tyreek Hill. He's going to be one of the higher owned guys in the league. You could play Hunt. You could play Mahomes dirt cheap. Not crazy excited about Mahomes or Hunt, but it's really the Pittsburgh side of the ball that I'm ecstatic about. Your boy Juju. I fucking love this kid, man. I'm obsessed with him. I actually had Antonio Brown as being like a nine pick in seasonal Mm. just because of Juju. You know, AB's been doing all this with no one there, just like Martavis Bryant and a bunch of scabs over the years. And Juju's emergence is going to cut into AB. And I I just think the kid's a fucking star. So I like him this week. Ben on the road is a real thing, but he's home this week. So Ben, Juju, Antonio Brown, Connor's still about $2,000 too cheap. And they're gonna keep ramming the ball down this kid's throat. They're gonna keep giving him 30 carries just to say fuck you to Le'Veon Bell. So expect to continue to see Connor get fed. If they're inside the three, they're giving the ball to Connor just to say fuck you to Le'Veon Bell. So I love the whole Pittsburgh offense this week.
0: And I mean, the Le'Veon Bell thing is being discussed at nauseam. It's crazy to me that he's actually sitting out. Um, How do you think this is going to end and when is it going to end? Uh, for I
1: had I had avoided him. I had the three-pick in my draft before he announced what was going on and I didn't go near him. Um, I think he's going to be out for as long as possible. I mean, I think he's definitely out for four weeks. I think he's going to be out for eight to ten. And he, the reason why I said, and I'm dying for this to be right, is he's he's worried about his rap career too. I Jesus think Lev's sitting Christ. there going, I don't give a shit about the money. I'm going to spend these seven weeks. I'm going to drop a rap album at some point over the next six weeks, and I'll go make $5 million off that, and you could all go fuck yourself. So I think Le'Veon Bell is in full-blown preserve your body. I'm going to get a max, max, max deal from somebody next year, and I I just don't think he's coming back anytime soon.
0: That's crazy that Mm -hmm. you're bringing up a rap album as as a a possible reason. But, I mean, yo, he should get – I don't know. That is nuts. I, I mean, thought... you saw it in the, in the MMA the other
1: day. If any of you guys watch UFC, uh, Teron Woodley just, you know, had the belt and just defended the title. In his post-game in, post-fight game, interview, the first thing he said is, thank God I won because I'm dropping a, a track with Wiz Khalifa, you know, in a couple of, like, these guys are
0: crazy. Like, they, you know, <laughs> one track could probably make them 5 million. Yeah, I mean, if you make a good track, and you you know, you could. I'm, I'm thinking about getting back, dipping my toe you back should. into the rap game. F- your last name's rap. Exactly. (laughs) All right, the Dolphins at the Jets. uh, Darnold's homecoming. uh, Will that last? Uh, They played the Lions last week. Looked ridiculously easy. Uh, The Dolphins' uh, first game, uh, I don't know. Uh, Are the Jets for real? Who do we like on Miami? Kenny Stills uh, balled out last week against Tennessee, but the Jets' D has weapons. What do you think of this game? And, And right off the top, Darnold. What do you think of him?
1: I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm biased. I took the Jets on the money line, uh, actually put my subscribers on the Jets on the money line, plus 250 uh, in that game. Uh, So, But it wasn't biased. I I just think Detroit's that bad. They're a terrible football team. But the Jets, I like them, man. They got more weapons than people think, and I love this defense. And Darnold looks amazing. But I personally still will say it, I would have liked to see McCown get the first crack I thought they fucked him over a little bit. He did a great job last year, you know, when he came in for the Jets and looked good before he got banged up. I would have liked to see McCown start a couple games and then McDonald come in, but, hey, he's proving me wrong right now. I think he's going to be fantastic going forward, but I'm shocked he's this good this early. What do you think of his matchup this week against Miami? It's good. I mean, you know, it's a homecoming for the Jets. The total in this game is like 43 or something, so, you know, it shouldn't really be a shootout or anything, but, you know, I think he's, I think he's playable. You know, I'm not overly excited about it. I'm a little more excited about uh, guys like Anunwa at 4,700, who's basically like playing tight end and wide receiver for the Jets. Yeah. So I like him at 47 a lot. That's one of the things we learned from week one that, you know, Darnold loves Inunua. Uh Robbie Anderson's my dude, and thank God he got that deep touchdown last week because he saved my ass. But, I mean, fuck, man, they didn't look at him much at all. So that's a little worrisome. I, I need to see him connect with Robbie Anderson a little more, look to him, give him some more deep chances. Before I dive all in, the thing I wanted to attack is this Miami Dolphins Rundy because it's atrocious. It's really bad. But you know, we got Powell and Crowell. You know, where they're going to split the carries. It's it's another shit show here with the timeshare. So I lean Powell, but um, I, I just I just hate taking split carry backs in DFS.
0: Yeah, me too. I I can't. I I mean, and there's it's there's so nuts. few teams that don't do it, but it is. Right. It makes me. It's so frustrating. That's
1: the beauty of DFS. That there's so few, you're nailed it. There's so few teams that don't do it. But you could just focus on those teams that don't. In seasonal, you got to get split carrybacks on your roster to Tevin Coleman's and the Crowell's. But in DFS, you could avoid it. Just don't fucking go near those guys. So I don't. Um, Who do we like on Miami, if anybody?
0: Kenny Stills? What do you got for me? Stills
1: is my dude. That's my boy. Um, I was all in on him last week. Played him on 100% of lineups. Um, His price went up a little bit, but he's really the only big thing I like
0: in that Miami offense. So I'm really Stills or bust. The Eagles are playing the Bucks. No Wentz, no Allshawn on the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' pasty looked great. I love Aguilar. Um, what do we like in this game?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you can't completely write off what the Bucks did, but you kind of have to a, a little bit, right? Like you got Fitzmagic's done that before. He's done this before. Big Mike Evans has had games like this before. We've seen it before. I still stand on the fact that this offense is not going to be very good. I was dead wrong. I had no exposure to anyone in this offense last week, and it hurt me. But uh, I hate the Eagles offense with no Wentz and Alshon, mm. and I'm not a big fan of the Bucks' offense. But, you know, I mean, Aguilar's the play, right, at 6,100. You know, he's a guy that I definitely want exposure to. I had a good game last week. It's a great matchup against the Bucs this week. Uh, Tampa Bay has a tough matchup with the Eagles, man. This Eagles defense is still really good. You know, they rush the passer. I think they can get to Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, they cover fairly well. I, there's not much I like here. I'm probably going to pretty much cross this off outside of Aguilar. But, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm forcing something if I give you a play here. Now, keep in mind, this is we're recording this on Thursday. Yes. So, I do another 35 hours of research by Sunday. So, you know, and that's where one of And where
0: can people find all the research, Guns?
1: Yeah, if you guys go to guruelite.com, you know it from last year. A lot of you guys came over and loved it. Um, loved having you guys over. But we just fucking destroy content over there. We got a live stream on Thursday nights. We got another live stream that I'm going to do with Jeff Manns on Friday nights. We have a Sunday morning live stream. We have a 24 hour chat room. We have my article, which is like you know eight thousand words plus ten other articles. So plus all the tools. So keep in mind, this is a this is a midweek overview, high level overview of what I'm seeing. This stuff can change by Sunday. So and I don't when hear it changes, yeah, it.
0: don't fucking complain don't fucking to me. Bitch and, the at Gunner. me on Twitter. and don't Sign don't up. And, and if there's weather stuff or somebody gets hurt and you did your lineup and you didn't check it Sunday morning, don't come at me and Gunner. I don't wanna hear it. I'll fucking block you. We got Yeah, po- it's it's fucking annoying
1: because the bottom line, I have a fucking site. We we just did over a million dollars in August, right? Our first million dollar month. And I have thousands and thousands of subscribers paying hundreds of dollars so you know i'm constantly grinding from the end of this podcast till sunday morning and a lot's going to change they will verify to you that i never don't play a play that's in my sunday morning update and rundown so if if you, you want it
0: it's there and if you want to be a fantasy football ass kicker whether you're playing seasonal or daily okay you got to do a little work Okay, you yeah. can't just set it and forget it on a Friday morning, okay? Right. Because if you're not winning, we're not winning, we're not. but but, we're winning over here. I mean, it's just a fact, <laughs> okay? But you got to put in the work. The Browns at the Saints. The fucking Browns, they're not right. going to go 0-16 this year. Josh Gordon is back. He had that big play. Tyrod and Carlos Hyde look sharp. Breeze continues to do his thing. Kamara had a ridiculous game last week. He might be the best all-purpose back in the NFL. Michael Thomas is still amazing, but he's battling illness. If he's limited, who do we like? Also, how do we feel about the Joker, the tight end on the Browns? Break down the Browns at the New Orleans Saints.
1: This is a shootout. This is a game that I like a lot. I'm going to have a shit ton of exposure to this game. Uh, Njoku's my guy, dude. I loved this kid in college. I loved him. I wanted the Jets to draft him. I was fucking all over him. So I'm a huge Njoku fan. Huge Njoku fan. And uh, and I don't think last week was that bad. He got banged up in the middle of the game. Uh, he didn't have a big fantasy game, obviously. I had like three for 13 or something. But he saw seven targets in shitty weather with a quarterback and Tyrod Taylor, who sucks, but does target the tight end. We saw it with Charles Clay. So I still love Njoku. I think everyone's off him, and I like it. Okay. The Saints side of the ball... Let me finish off Cleveland. So on the Cleveland side of the ball, I really like Gordon this week. He's starting. He's cheap. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be popular. Um, Landry saw 15 targets last week. That's that's insane. We knew he was going to see a lot of volume, but that could be an every week thing. This dude, I, this dude is just a target machine. And you saw in Hard Knocks, he's not only one of the best players, but he's actually the leader on that team. So I do like Landry and Gordon. Like Njoku. I think the Browns are going to put up some points. I, I really do. I think they're going to... Keep this game a little closer than people think. We just saw this Saints defense get lit up by Tampa Bay. So the Browns could do it if Tampa Bay could do it because Tampa Bay's offense is actually worse than the Browns. So I think this game shoots out. I think it stays a little closer than we think, and I think there's plays on both sides. But the New Orleans side is just fucking gold. I mean, Kamara is a must-play every week till Ingram gets back. You Mm. have to play him every single week on most of your lineups and your main lineup. He only had eight carries for twenty-nine rushing yards last week, and still scored fucking forty-six points. Like that's that's insane. That's insane. You know they were trailing all games, so they threw a little more. But he's game flow agnostic. Uh, Michael Thomas, I love. I'm not worried about illnesses. I I never worry about illness. I only really worry about you know injury. Right. So so I'm not worried about him. I actually put a prop on him plus fourteen hundred for our gambling subscribers to lead the lead the league in receiving. And after one week, we're winning. So shut the season down. But uh, Drew Brees every week. Saints D is interesting, rap, even though they got fucking smoked last week. they got seven uh, Tyrod took 7 sacks last week. So, that's an interesting play for tournaments. Um outside of that, Gin, I don't 100% trust yet. Watson, I do like as a cheap tight end if you can get him, you know, 3k, you know, get you 8 to 10 points if you're if you're desperate, but there's someone I like better. We'll talk about later.
0: Okay. The Colts at the Redskins, uh Adrian Peterson is alive and running. Uh, Chris Thompson looked great. I'm really happy uh, that AP is back. Jordan Reed uh, or Crowder, are they going off? Uh, I got Marlon Mack stashed in the Stern League. T.Y. and Ryan Grant balled out against Cincy last week. What do you got for me? The Colts at the Washington Redskins.
1: Yeah, this one's interesting. Um AP did it with volume last week. Right. That's one thing we got to keep in mind. He only, he averaged under four yards a carry. You know, he had that huge pass play for 52 yards, which boosted his receiving stats. But, you know, 26 carries for 96 yards, you know, you're getting 26 carries. You should probably be at around a buck 20 in the NFL. So I do love the workload and, you know, he's a guy that I want to ride early in the season. If I have him in season long. I'm probably going to trade him by week three or four. Mm. You know, just just get some good value for him before he wears down. But it wasn't that impressive of a running game when you watched every play. But if he's going to see fucking 25 touches, then fuck it. I don't think he is going to see that many touches this week. But I think it's a much better matchup this week. So I still love him. I like him over Chris Thompson. Thompson's explosive, but AP's $400 cheaper. And remember last week with Thompson, you know when when you're looking at that game. This is a dude who's going to be erratic. He's always going to be erratic. There's going to be weeks where he explodes and there's going to be weeks where he disappears. You know, that game last week was great, but he only had five carries and six catches. He only touched the ball 11 times. He did a lot with him, yeah. But how often are you going to score twenty five points with eleven touches? Right, so, right. Little bit worried about going too crazy on Chris Thompson. Reed, I can never roster because I think he's going to get hurt every game. Me
0: too. Think. He he freaks me out with the with the injuries, and I feel like he's one injury away from just saying fuck it, quitting football. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's his choice. He's been banged up and concussions and all that. But I literally think that um he he, he might suffer like a nagging injury and just say I'm done. Yeah,
1: I mean what if I would have told you the odds that two of the top ten tight ends go down with season ending or potentially season ending injuries, and neither of them are Jordan Reed, like that would have been like plus eight thousand for that bet. So he's still alive. He's still there, but I just can't do it. I can't afford losing him in the first quarter. Crowder's the guy who's playable in all formats. Indy sucks. They're a fucking terrible defense. So I do like Crowder um the Colts man I can't get a fucking read on them because do you like
0: luck are you are you bought into the new luck no and you know what I didn't also buy into the uh Colts offensive line you you got a quarterback who just came back from a major 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 injury missed an entire season and you're letting him get banged around he was getting banged around in Mm -hmm. preseason in the preseason I saw luck get sacked three times in one half or at least two times. And the first week, like, that doesn't happen to elite quarterbacks. Like, you're just not supposed to get your elite quarterback, especially week one after, like, uh, that major injury and surgery and all that. He shouldn't be touched. Like, at most, he should be maybe pushed down. He was knocked around game one.
1: Yeah, he got hit nine times. I mean, you know, that's that's a lot, you know. for And, and you might say, well, other quarterbacks will get hit nine or ten times, too. It's different when you're when you're banged up like Luck's been. So I just I worry about him. He he doesn't have the full zip on his ball. Um, we noticed it, but he actually said it. He came out and said that you know he's not a hundred percent with his zip on his ball. So it it worries me a little bit for guys like T Y Hilton, who I think is going to see a lot of Josh Norman. So I'm off T Y this week because I think you need the big play for T Y. And if and if Luck can't slang it, then I'm not going to be playing T Y at his price. But uh, Ebron, Doyle, and Grant are the guys you're looking at. Doyle over Ebron for sure. I know Ebron caught the touchdown, but Doyle saw more targets and is the more reliable guy, in my opinion, from a week-to-week basis. But Grant's the guy that'll be a cheap guy that you fit in your rosters if you only got a little bit of money left over and you need that kind of old-school Jarvis Landry. Remember Jarvis Landry on the Dolphins every game? He was like 7 for 60 or 8 for 58. Like That's kind of what I think Grant's going to be, and that's fine you know, at his price. That's totally fine at 4,300. Go get me
0: 13 points, 12 points, and and keep me alive. Um, all right, let's move on to the Chargers at the Bills. Uh, Buffalo was ridiculously useless in week one. Uh, Josh Allen uh, was uh, respectable, sort of, in the second half. Uh, Shady McCoy, uh, is there any hope for him this season? The Chargers, in my opinion, were, were off in week one. Uh, but Gordon and Eckler stood out. Uh, what's going on for them in Buffalo? Philip Rivers, what do you got for me? Yeah, the Chargers got
1: uh, they got Mike Tyson. That everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. And Tyreek Hill just came out and punched these motherfuckers in the head. So I don't know if I put too much weight into that. I hate the whole Bills offense, top to bottom, every week. I said it last week. I said I'm saying it every week. I hate their whole fucking offense from top to bottom. Poor Shady McCoy you know, is sitting there behind this terrible offensive line with a rookie quarterback and just no weapons on the outside. Just he's he's cheap, 5,700. So it's like you got to consider him at that price, but it's just so hard to fucking roster anyone in that Bill's offense. And on, on the other side, on the Chargers, you fucking love everyone. I mean, it's the fucking Bills, dude. They're a fucking disaster. Mm. So uh, Keenan Allen under 8K seems too cheap, 7,800. Love that. Both the Williams boys uh, are nice guys. You know when you fill out your roster and you got like forty five hundred left at receiver and you're like, who the fuck do I play? Yep. You can interchange these two, uh, Mike Williams and Ter- Terrell Williams. I have no problem with either of these guys uh, at their prices because you're gonna be they're gonna be able to do whatever the fuck they want uh, on the offensive side of the ball. The Bills' run D did look fine last week. That's one of the things that got lost in the shuffle here that they only allowed about three point four yards per carry. But uh, I do like Gordon. Everyone's got a fucking boner for Eckler. They're losing their fucking mind over this guy. I Are don't they? know fucking why. Everyone's okay. spending fab money on him and fuck. I, I like his skill set. This is Melvin Gordon's team, guys. Mm. Eckler is Eckler saw 27% of the snaps last week. 27% of the snaps, and they were getting their fucking ass kicked all game. So he's the pass catching back who's going to be in there. If they're killing the Bills. Then you should see that drop to like 13, 14, 15% of the snaps. There's no way I'm rostering a guy who's going to see 15% of the snaps on offense. So I do not see what everyone else is talking about spending all that money to pick up Eckler right now. But uh, Melvin Gordon, obviously, in a blowout should, should just trounce these guys.
0: In seasonal, um, what is your take on the Chargers defense? I mean, you love it.
1: You know, like I, I like it throughout. I love it this week, I should say. Throughout the year, it's good. You know, but for this week, for sure, you know it's one of the best one of the best things that you're going to find. It's my favorite defense on the board this week, um, so so I love it this week, like it for the season.
0: All right, the Vikings versus the Packers. I'm imagining this is going to be a shootout. It's a big game all over the place. Uh, um, from everything that we're hearing right now, again. Uh, you got to do some uh, uh, some some checking. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, is playing as of right now. If he doesn't, are there any other players worth putting on the squad from the Packers? Dalvin Cook on Minnesota had a big game, caught a lot of passes. Diggs and Thielen are the real deal. And what do you think about Cousins, Minnesota defense? What do you got for me, Minnesota, at the Green Bay Packers?
1: So this game is reliant on a lot of things, right? And, and like we said, we're recording this thing on Thursday, you know, late, you know, late afternoon night. So, you know, when I'm doing my research, this is one of those games I put to the back. You know, I move it to the back because we have Aaron Rodgers, which is going to affect the whole fucking game. Mm-hmm. Just to show you how up in the air it is, they don't even have a Vegas line on this game. They pulled mm-hmm. it off the board. So for me to go spend a bunch of time doing research on a game, that I'm going to have to re-research on Saturday is is inefficient, right? So I could tell you this off the top. If Aaron Rodgers plays and Devontae Adams plays, this game could shoot out a little more than people think. That Minnesota defense is filthy at home. They're on the road. You know, they're really, really, really good at home, and they're just very good on the road. So I think you, I think you have opportunities to pick off guys like Adams and Cobb. I'd probably want to go for the cheaper Green Bay options, like a Randall Cobb at 4,600. Uh, He's completely mispriced because the game took place after Sunday night games. We talked about this last year. DraftKings already has their pricing set for week two before the Sunday night game's over. So they didn't see Randall Cobb go nine for 142. So he's mispriced along with a lot of the Monday guys. So he's still 4,600. So he's probably the best value on the board regardless of who's playing and who's not. Um, The Minnesota side is what I love. I love Thielen and Diggs, man. Cousins Thielen, Diggs. It's a good spot for all three of those guys. Don't know if they'll make my main roster as of yet, but definitely interested. And the big thing with Dalvin Cook that I liked was he looked great. He looked sharp. He looked healthy. He, didn't, he looked great out of the backfield, but he didn't look great running the ball. You know, running the ball, he looked... Something Something was off. I mean, it was the Niners. He had 16 carries for 40 yards, two and a half yards per carry. But catching the ball, six for 55, he looked fantastic. So still high on... Still high on them, but I didn't like the 11 carries from Lat Murray. So, right now, as this could change next week, for right now, I'm kind of avoiding the running game on both these teams and just going to be picking off some wide receivers um, and the tight end position. I don't have that much interest in.
0: All right. The Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams, you know, they showed and proved they were a lot of hype and they got it coming from every single angle. Uh, Jared Goff is a comfortable, efficient, uh dick and quarterback girly they got a lot of receivers uh the Cardinals uh DJ he's banged up uh is there anything to like on the Cardinals and what do we like on the Rams this week
1: ah it's it's this fucking DJ man this fucking guy um this injury's fucking pissing me off cuz when you're talking about a back that flares up so quickly you know like even if he's fine and he's cleared and everything's good it's just, it's he's a fucking enigma right now. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, it's one of those situations where even if they say he's fine, like I want to play him this week because no one's going to play him. He just shit the bed last week, you know, outside of that fluke touchdown at the end that he got in meaningless time. You know, he didn't do anything. He pissed everyone off. So everyone sees the Rams in LA. No one's going near him. I don't think people are realizing that the Rams gave up nine catches to Jalen Rashard out of the backfield, and their fucking linebackers can't cover anybody. So mm. I was dying to play a healthy DJ against the Rams coming off a bad week, but this fucking back is pissing me off. So I, I got to wait and see. I mean, you got to wait and see a little bit on him. But if you if they do say he's 100% healthy, that's a guy who I wouldn't mind taking a chance on in GPPs, more uh, more long shot tournament type stuff than cash games. And I like Seals Jones, the tight end for Arizona yeah. too. Just We saw what Cook did to him last week, and Seals, Seals is kind of the same type of guy. So uh, I like him. And um, what do we break
0: down on the Rams? There's so many choices on the Rams. So much, it's almost hard It's hard to pick.
1: So much, man. You got Gurley, who's fucking Gurley. It's wasting breath on him is crazy. He's, he's the best. Cooks is my dude. Like, Cooks is the guy I came into the season drafting on all my teams. Played him in week one on the short slate on Monday night. I was telling everyone, McVay's going to utilize this guy perfectly. And this dude got so fucked in that game the other night. I mean, it was insane. He finished with five for 87. Right. And I think he had about 115 yards worth of pass interference penalties. Like, every time he was open 40 yards down the field, they just tackled him. So, he could have had like a buck 70. But because he didn't, I think he'll still go under-owned. And Cooks is my favorite receiver on the team. Woods is my least favorite receiver of the three. And Cup is just that five for 50 and a touchdown guy. He's going to do that every fucking week. He's steady. He's cash game-like. But... For me, it's Cooks, man. You know, I've had a Cooks boner since last year, though. So yeah. Cooks is the sneak Cooks is the sneaky one.
0: I agree, and I think that's really smart. What you just said about uh, calls that were called uh, against him um, and and uh, affected his points, but I think the reason why people are grabbing him is because they can't stop him, think- right? And that's
1: he's fucking lightning, dude. And this is normal. I mean, this happens to Cooks all the time. You know, he gets behind people and they tackle him because he's because he's going to run away for an eighty-yard touchdown. But these are the things you don't see in the box score. This is why you have to watch the fucking games and not just read ESPN.com the next fucking morning and say, like, everyone's like, Derek Henry sucked, you know, against Miami, you know? Oh, did you see the 62-yard touchdown that got called back on a right. phantom holding call? Right. Because I guarantee you, if that went down, like, you'd be sitting there going, Derek Henry and Deion Lewis are fucking thunder and lightning. You know, like, you, you got to watch
0: this shit and see what's going on. Um, the Niners uh, are playing the Lions. The Lions are visiting San Francisco. The Lions were, they were atrocious last week. Jimmy G was disappointing in week one. Um, Can we look for the Niners to put up big numbers? Pierre Garçon, uh, I know he's your guy. Will he get a bunch of targets if Goodwin is out? We don't know if he's out yet. Uh, Georgie Kittles looks good. Is there anything from the Lions? Golden Tate? Matty Stafford, is he going to turn this around? Uh, What do you got here?
1: This is um – This is, again, Garcon, terrible matchup last week um, in that game and terrible matchup this week. He's probably going to see a lot of Darius Slay, which is not good for him. So, you know, last week he had a tough matchup. This week he has a tough matchup. So if Goodwin's out, which I'm praying he is, I like Pettis a lot, Uh, Mad Lab, uh, my, my MMA dude and best friend, all over this kid. So I like him a lot. George Kittles fucking monster yeah like a fucking monster friend of man. the podcast
0: this, friend of the, the iron rap oh w yeah that's right. that's right I forgot about that Georgie yeah. Kittle
1: dude he's a fucking monster dude nine targets it's I felt like they threw to him 19 times because it seemed like every play was going to him but he's going to be chalked this week too he's going to be popular Detroit's a fucking bag of shit defensively and that was before they came Mike Clay uh who works with ESPN now good friend of mine he actually posted something before the season with his weighted defensive rankings about how Detroit was the worst defense in football. And they proved it week one. So this isn't a shock to anyone uh, who's been looking at the numbers. So, yeah, I think the whole San Fran offense is in play. Garoppolo, you got to remember, had a couple drops that killed him. Uh, Pierre Garçon dropped one in the end zone, which is rare. But uh, he'll be fine. He'll bounce back this week and just thump him. I think he's going to be one of my favorite quarterbacks on the board at 6,000. But uh, Garoppolo, Kittle, that's really it on the Detroit side of the ball, uh, San Fran side of the ball. On the Detroit side, yeah, I mean, its I hate their fucking whole running back situation. I play Riddick all the time. It's the only guy that I fucking touch out there. And every year, it's the same fucking story. We come into the season. I get in arguments on Twitter. Well, this running back's going to be the – day. Amir Abdul is going to be the difference maker. And now it's fucking Johnson's going to be the difference maker. No, they fucking all suck. Right. Just don't play Detroit running backs. Just throw Riddick in there every once in a while. At least you know you're going to get five catches. And there's going to be those few games where he gets eight, nine carries. I think this is a spot for Riddick today. I really like today, this Sunday. Um, really like him. I think he's a very good play if Blunt is out especially. Uh, mm. This is more of a gut feel. I got to look into the numbers here, but I really like him. Um, and then Galladay. Galladay's still too cheap. You know, I don't fuck with Jones just because he fucks me too many times. Yeah. But I fucks with Galladay. Yeah, Galladay. yeah. Galladay is a stud, man. That dude's good. And he's cheap, dude. He's fucking 4800 so I, you have six, to get
0: better for Detroit.
1: They, they. I mean, you yeah. talk about firing this guy. I mean, you can't. You just got skull fucked on your home turf by a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start right. for one of and the worst had a pencil teams in football. In your
0: fucking ear the whole time, Matt yeah, Patricia. Yeah, they're
1: going to be lit on fire this week. Stafford is a is a warrior. I like him. He has that Stafford game every once in a while. They're going to come out a lot stronger than they did last week. I think this game shoots out. Tate's my favorite option at sixty five. Galladay's the punt at forty eight. And Marvin Jones just falls off my radar all the time. So George Kittle, Galladay, Tate, a uh, little bit of Riddick, and then Garoppolo.
0: All right, the Panthers at the Falcons, division clash. This could be a shootout. Who are you mm-hmm. high on? Julio, McCaffrey, Cam, Devontae may be limited. Tevin Coleman, is he a good play? The Carolina D is big and mean. What do you got for me?
1: Another one of those games that goes a little bit towards the back. I researched it a, a good deal. But, you know, I want to see what's going on with Freeman for that situation with Tevin Coleman. So didn't dive as hard as I normally would into that. But, I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry with that. If Freeman plays, you know, you're probably not crazy interested in either back. Uh, if Freeman sits, then you're definitely very interested in Tevin Coleman at 5,300. You know, whenever he's going to get full workhorse load, he, pa- he catches passes. He's a goal back. He's going to be a three-down back. So uh, you have to like that situation if Freeman's out. If you own both in fantasy, seasonal, you're probably hoping Freeman misses. Like That's why you own them both, to get one of them down. Julio Jones, fucking nutting all over my computer talking about this every year. I love Julio Jones in this matchup. So absolutely love him in this spot. And McCaffrey, like you said, those are obvious. McCaffrey and Julio are fantastic fucking plays. Olsen's out. I hate Cam to begin with. And Mm. now he just lost his blankie. Mm-hmm. Funches benefited last year. I think you saw like two or three more targets a game when Olsen was out. So, I mean, I get the Funches play at 4,700. I just, he, this is weird, Rob. Here's the numbers with Cam last year versus Atlanta, okay? And, and this is why I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do here. Last year in the two games that he played Atlanta, he threw for like 140 and 180, mm. okay? Which immediately would make you cross him off the list. But in those two games he had 20 carries for 140 yards. So like he ran like crazy against this Atlanta defense both times last year. So you're kind of sitting here like, all right, he's gonna throw for a buck 50, but if he gets me 50, 60, 70 rushing yards, that's kind of like throwing for 300. So I don't hate him. But I probably just won't he won't be on my main two or three lineups though but I'll, he'll get, I'll get to him on like a fourth or fifth lineup.
0: okay. Okay, um, is there anything else in here? The Carolina defense? Uh, what not you, really. Nothing. I think Atlanta D maybe a little bit. Uh, i get a little of Atlanta love, but that's about it. All right, the Texans at the Titans. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked not good last week. Uh, he yeah. didn't look mobile. He didn't look a- accurate. Uh, not having Will Fuller didn't help anything. Uh, Hopkins and Lamar Miller are in top form is there anyone else you like in Houston? Deion Lewis had a big game, but Corey Davis and Derek Henry didn't. Delaney's gone for the season, uh, it looks like, which is upsetting. He, you know, we, yeah. he was he was very high on tight end uh, a list, uh, yep. uh in the preseason. Who steps up? But first and foremost, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, they picked things up. They picked up the pace versus New England later on, but he never really picked up the pace. W- what is your take on him right now? Deshaun
1: Watson, it was the same take as it was in the preseason. Deshaun Watson is nowhere near as fucking good as everyone thinks. Not even in the same realm of good as everyone thinks. He's good. He's talented. He's going to be a big play guy. But he was so touchdown reliant last year. It was insane. When you look at these fantasy numbers Deshaun Watson was putting up last year, it's completely irrationally unsustainable. Like first of all, we only have like a six-game sample size of the kid, but I mean, in his in, t- t- four touchdowns, three touchdowns, five touchdowns, four touchdowns, I mean, he literally threw for sixteen touchdowns in a four-game span. Right. And it was against Cleveland and Tennessee. You know, he's really good. He's, he's going to be really good, but he's going to be like two eighty and two good. He's not going to be three twenty and three good. Like right. everyone thinks he is. So, right. But I like him. It's just calm the fuck down, everyone. So we saw it week one. We're going to continue to see it coming off the injury. He needs Fuller. Fuller's his field stretcher. Fuller's his baby. He loves Hopkins, but Fuller thrived with, with Watson because Fuller's the deep ball guy. So this is the number one game I put on the back burner. This is the number one game I'm going to tell everyone listening to this, wait till Saturday to dig deep into it. You have Corey Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, and Fuller are all questionable. We have no idea what's mm. going on with any of those guys. If one of them are out or two of them are out, it fucking changes everything. So I want I want everyone in. If everyone's in, I like everyone. Mm. I like all three of those guys. Like, literally love all three of those guys, and I, and I even like Watson. If you take Hopkins or Fuller out, I don't like anything on Houston. And if you take Corey Davis out, I don't like anything on Tennessee. So, you know, Deion and Henry, like, flip a fucking coin. Like, I, I just don't like anything in this game if we're missing a couple guys, and I like everything in this game if they're all playing.
0: All right, so we got to we gotta check that Saturday, check it Sunday, yeah. keep checking. And check. I'll
1: have it updated. I'll have it fully updated in the article.
0: Uh, the Raiders at the Broncos, we saw flashes of Gruden's great offense, uh, but Amari and Jordy were shut down. They brought back Martavis Bryant, which was weird. Beast mode had that big run, but got pushed in the end zone. I'm off of beast mode. Uh, Jared Cook, balled out the Broncos offense is high powered Keenum Thomas Sanders and Sutton their defense look good what do you got for me the uh Oakland Raiders soon to be soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders which Mm -hmm. is going to take years to get used to are at the Denver Broncos you are a fucking
1: billion dollar franchise football franchise playing on a baseball field so that's the best thing that's going to happen there but um Jared Cook you know, I love Jared Cook. I love how they're using him. Gruden loves him. Uh, Gruden called out Carr. Amari Cooper doesn't exist. Um, Beast Mode, obviously, also. So, I mean, I don't love the matchup versus Denver at Denver for Beast Mode, but he's fine. Jared Cook's really the only play on the Raiders. On the Denver side of the ball, I lean Freeman over Lindsay, but like Lindsay more than Freeman, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Long term, I think Lindsay looked better and flashed way more, mm-hmm. but Freeman's going to get the first look um, this game. So he's the guy I go with. And then Keenan and Emmanuel Sanders. They were on my main lineup last week. They balled out. Three touchdowns for Keenan. Emmanuel balled out. Um, He went up to 6,200, but that's still cheap. So I like both those guys, Keenan and Emmanuel, um, against the Raiders. All
0: right. Um, The New England Patriots versus the Jaguars. This is a rematch. This is a grudge match. The Jaguars had them against the ropes, but then the Patriots did what they do. Uh, Gronk looked good. He looked sprightly. He looked lean and mean. Burkhead, Hogan, didn't look fantastic. What about this kid? I have him uh, in one of my leagues. Sony Mitchell, uh, the Jaguars offense uh, looked respectable. Uh, Lenny, again, we talked about Fournette. Uh, What do we like in the Patriots versus the Jaguars? Could this possibly be a shootout? I don't like this game. Why? It's
1: shocking. I don't like it. Um, I think you're going to get a playoff atmosphere in this game. It's in Jacksonville. Um, We don't know what's going on with Fournette. I think I, I just I don't like this game. I don't like attacking Jacksonville. One right, so you never want to attack the one of the best the best defense in the NFL. So I'm not overly excited about paying tons of money for Patriots even Gronk against Jacksonville. And then on the other side of the ball, if Fournette's out, I mean yeah, Yeldon, you know maybe Deedee Dee and Cole. I think everyone's going to be off Keelan Cole this week because they were on him last week like fucking idiots when we told them not to be, mm. and you know it flopped, but. You know, D, D. Cole and Yeldon will be fine,
0: but I, Bortles sucks and the Jags D is too good. I'm just kind of crossing this game off, dude. Um, long term, if he's injured, Leonard is mm-hmm. is Yeldon a, a guy that you could play, yeah. or is it week to week? No, nah, you could play him all the time. Um,
1: I, I actually like T.J. Yeldon. I drafted him in in almost all my leagues without even having Fournette in most of them. So I really like T.J. Yeldon. I think he's a good back, and you're always gonna you're just gonna get more pass catches from him. If he's playing full-time, you're going to see eight, nine targets a game from him. So even if he doesn't do much running, uh, you're going to get a lot from him. So, yeah.
0: All right. Sunday night, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Big game, division rivalry. Two offenses who leave much to be desired. Zeke versus Saquon. Are you picking one of these guys? Odell is a must-start. Shepard, Ingram is Dak anything what do you got for me, the Giants versus the Cowboys? Please say something good here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is say. Zeke Elliott? Yo, Zeke Elliott had a, a bad game last week. Right. Yeah. Is it going to get better, Tommy?
1: It is. It is. It's going to get better for Zeke um, as long as he keeps fucking head in the game. and doesn't pout like he started to do on the bench. But I do have good news for you, Rob. My good news is that the Giants are one of my favorite bets of the week. So I, th- I think Big Blue gets on the board this week. Okay. I think the Cowboys are a fucking disaster um Dax doesn't have much to throw to you can't even blame him his number one receivers are like Hearns and Gallup so what the fuck do you expect from the guy but the Zeke Saquon shit they're both around the same price I gotta dig more but I'm definitely leading leaning Saquon uh I'm leaning Saquon here simply because the Giants came into the year from pro football focus as the 14th worst run D and the Cowboys came in as the 30th so I think Saquon's got the better matchup I think he's more explosive. And I think they're going to force him the ball. And we saw last week, it only takes one play for dude to get get off. Whereas Zeke is kind of like a, you know, chop, 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 chop. Saquon's that fucking chop, chop, bang. You know, so I kind of like that upside with Barkley there this week. This is those games, though. I talk about this every year. The Giants and the Cowboys, the last three meetings were 10-7, 20-19, and Mm. Mm 10-3. These teams don't fucking shoot out anymore. They used to shoot out to like 50 points a game every time they played, but they haven't been lately. And here's the crazy stat with Odell. This is one of my sneaky stats that I use every year. He went 10 for 146 and two touchdowns in his rookie year. Since then, four for 34, four for 35, five for 44, four for 94, four for 74 versus the Cowboys. Mm. Every game is like four for 60, you know, four for 50. So, I think they scheme him out in a similar way that Cincinnati schemes out Antonio Brown. Every stud. That's the, that's
0: the he, he when he made that crazy catch. It was versus Dallas, yep, right? Yeah, and so yep, they're and like, we're not then, having that again?" Since that's then, not-
1: it's like, "Fuck this, dude!" And they go after him. They headhunt him. You know, they, they scheme safeties over the top on him. So you know, I, I'm not as big on ODB as I think a lot of people are. So I don't. I don't have much volume in this game. Saquon will probably be my highest owned player. Uh, what are you, what is your thoughts on, on Evan Ingram? I love him. I love him. Um, he's he's great. You know, he's, he's probably my next favorite option below Saquon. Um,
0: all right. Monday night madness. The Seahawks at the bears. Obviously the, the bears defense was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack came out with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Russell Wilson got sacked six times in one football game. Uh, Baldwin's out. Brandon Marshall, who no one discussed. Some people thought he retired. He had a solid game last week. Tyler Lockett and their rookie tight end, Izzy uh, uh balled out last week. Uh it's Monday night football. Is anybody worth going after for this Monday night matchup? The Seahawks at the Chicago uh Bears. I like uh I like
1: I like the Bears side. I, I want to pick on Seattle. So I did it week one with Denver. So I want to do it again. I like Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jordan Howard. I know it's your boy. You like him this week. So I'm a big fan of Jordan Howard this week. Yeah. I think they're going to win the game. I think they'll have control of the game and I think he'll be uh, in the driver's seat running down their throat all game. So I like Trubisky, Burton and Howard. I I like those three guys on the, on the Chicago side of the ball. I think they could all have good games and on the Seahawks side of the ball. It's like, fuck man. It, it's I just can't fucking do it. Like I, it's just, a fucking. Mm-hmm. I know Marshall's fine and Lockett's fine and Russ is Russ, but it's, it's just so fucking ugly. I'm just probably fading mostly.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. You a quarterback in the first week to get sacked yeah, six times. They're so bad,
1: man. They're so bad.
0: Is the Chicago defense going to continue to be as as uh, disruptive as they were? They're going to get better.
1: They're going to get better. They're going to get better. The more Mac gets comfortable with the scheme and the defense, and the more they start building defensive schemes around him. You got to remember, motherfucker's only been there for like a week. So right. Yeah, you know, once they start building defensive schemes around, he's a once-in-a-generational player. They're gonna get better as the season goes on. And and Trubisky's gonna get better.
0: All right, there we have it. There we have it. That's week two. Now, now now guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm starting to hear uh something. I don't know. Can you hear what is that what's, noise? What's that sound? Is that, bombs what is that off? No, I hope it. No, those are sirens. What? That's a nuclear watch. That's a nuclear watch. Guns. We talked about all the games. We talked about all the players, but specifically nuclear who is going nuclear week two in fantasy football in the NFL
1: let's do it bringing it back so I would say I'm gonna do the same thing we did at the end of last year we're gonna give kind of a high-end nuclear chalk nuclear and then a contrarian nuclear so my chalk nuclear at quarterback is going to be Drew Brees I think he goes right back at their fucking throat again without Ingram there they're gonna run less. This doesn't only help Kamara in the first four weeks. It helps Thomas, it helps Breeze, and it helps Kamara. They're going to run mm. less with no Ingram. So, because they don't want to give Kamara 20 carries. This is a pass first team. Drew Breeze all the way the fuck in. Um, I don't know if he's contrarian or not, but a lot of people are down on him after last week. Jimmy G. Jimmy G is my boy that uh, I think he has a monster game this week. I think he throws for 300 and two or three touchdowns this week. Um, hopefully, Goodwin's in. So, that's the nuclear quarterback. Running back, Kamara, fucking just play him. I know it sounds fucking obvious. Kamara, Connor, play him. Play these guys. Just put them in your fucking lineup and build around them. And contrarian, I don't think people are going to be on AP this week. But uh, mm. but I do like the volume. I think the volume in the matchup leads to a good game for AP this week. So uh, I'm going to go back to the AP well uh, in week two. Uh, Chalky on the wide receiver side, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. I'm mean, just fucking play the Saints. But Julio Jones, definitely uh, my nuclear watch. And then a little contrarian, I think Josh Gordon, who everyone keeps forgetting about his upside and how good he is, I think Josh Gordon is going to come out and pop off this week for the Cleveland Browns in that shootout. And believe it or not, if we're playing this many Saints, we're going to have to hope Josh Gordon and those guys go off because we need a shootout. We need a back and forth. Uh, Tight end, Kittle, our boy, your boy, friend of the pod, and uh, Seals Jones. That's my crazy kind of contrarian weird one at tight end. And then defense, chalk defense, Chargers. Uh, contrarian defense jets.
0: All right, there we have it. Listen, it's the fantasy football follies. Again, if you want the details inside the details, inside the details, go to fantasyguruelite.com. They got all the sauce, all the sports. Every single thing you could want that has to do with betting, that has to do with fantasy. They got 24-hour chats. They got articles. You could just get inside the inside. And Tommy Gunn's new podcast, which is kicking ass in week one. In week one, No Mercy with Tommy G, a.k.a. Tommy Gunn's, a.k.a. The Gunner. Um, Tommy, I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm excited about it. We're getting you on my pod next. Let's so. do it
0: next week. I come on there, and if we want, if you want to talk about Anna, we'll talk nah, about it. No we don't need to
1: talk about sports. Let's just get fucking crazy. Talk about. Kaepernick. right, Ka- yelling at each other over Kaepernick.
0: We, whatever, we'll go nuts. We'll go, we'll go crazy.
1: All right, thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you, rap.
0: All right, thanks for all the special sauce, Tommy. God, I love you guys. All right, I want to thank my guy Tommy G for giving all the special sauce. Follow him. On Twitter, follow his podcast and definitely go to guruelite.com if you really, really, really want to get deep with all the information. He's one of the best in the business. He's fun, talks his shit, but at the end of the day, if you ain't winning, we ain't winning. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, fantasy football, follies, hybrid. Uh, Next week, G. Moody will be back. Who knows what will be on the slate, but rest assured, it's going to be Fantastic My name is Michael Rapport Yo, check out Atypical this weekend Season 2 is streaming on Netflix Uh, Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something nice Something real proper I'm done